0: girlfriends episode number 25 make time for what matters hello and welcome to girlfriends i'm danielle bean i'm a wife and a mom and i'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace balance and joy in family living so what are we waiting for let's get started Hey, girlfriends. How's it going? Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm so glad you're here for another show this week. I'm always grateful for your presence here. I'm always grateful that you'd make the time to spend with me each week. How's your summer going? Here, it's in full swing, for sure. I mean, we have a sweltering, sweltering hot afternoon today. I've got kids that are out in the pool. I just had to make them stop using the big speaker with the karaoke machine cuz it was picking up on what I was recording here. <laughs> and although that might be entertaining for some, I'd rather not have that in the background of the podcast. But anyway, summer's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's crazy just switching your schedules. Whatever that means, whether you have kids in school or not, I find that just that shift of schedules can be really exhausting, but at the same time, it can be kind of an opportunity to find some time in your day, to find some time that you wouldn't otherwise have for downtime, for leisure, for a project that you'd like to do. We've had really busy times. We've had graduation. I mentioned that Ambrose graduated last weekend. Well, we had his party this past weekend. We had um, another party to attend. Uh, This coming week, we're going to be traveling for my brother's wedding, which is taking place in Pennsylvania. Then next week, during the week, I'm going to be in Boston for uh, recording uh, episodes of The Gist, the TV show that I'm on on Catholic TV which is a lot of fun. A lot of times people hear that I have this weekly TV show on Catholic TV and they think I'm recording it every week, but that's actually not the case. We pretty much spend a week in Boston, five days, five work days of going in and just recording episodes and changing our outfits in between. It's kind of insane, but it's really fun. Um, And we're on our, gosh, I guess this is the sixth, maybe it's just the fifth. Anyway, fifth or sixth season of production here. And I'm so grateful to Catholic TV for the opportunity they've given me to work on this show because it's been a real learning experience. You know, I've had experience in other kinds of media, print media for sure, stuff online for sure. Um, you know, I was a little bit familiar with radio but this was my first ever experience with TV and it's been a really great learning experience. And I think we've gotten a little bit better. We've kind of hit our stride a little bit on the show. It's me and two other women, Rachel Balducci and Carolee McGrath. So I'll be in Boston next week. Um, I'm hoping to record next week's episode a little bit early, get that done. And then maybe I can record one while I'm there. I don't know have to see what our schedule is like and what we can manage. But it might be fun to get uh, some of the other ladies on the show here and see what we can do to kind of record something creatively while I'm there. Anyway, all of this to say, crazy schedules, everything changes in the summertime. And I'm sure you experience it in your own family life in your own home with your work or with your kids and school and whatnot, that a lot of things do change during the summer. And part of what we have to do is keep up with it all (laughs) and maybe find some time in the summer for the things that we also want to do as women in our lives or in our own work or something like that. Um, It just seems like there's always something, you know, you might have a project in mind that you want to work on. For me this summer, it's a book proposal. It's a proposal for um, a follow-up to the book that I told you about last week that's um, just coming out called You're Worth It change the way you feel about yourself by finding out how Jesus feels about you. I'm really excited about that book coming out, and I have a follow-up idea for it, and I just can't make the time to put the proposal together. Um, So that's something that's been on my mind. It might be something like that, a work-related project that you have in mind that you're not getting to, maybe something around your house, whether it's renovating a room or painting or just even just time for, you know, your own projects like gardening or some other hobby you might have or finding time for exercise. I think it's something that we all struggle with to some extent, this this idea of making time for the things that matter to us. And so I'm going to share a little bit um, today about some ideas I have about how to make that work. Not that I know it perfectly, but I've been at this for a while now. And um, one thing that people do tend to say to me a lot is, how do you have the time to do all those things? You know, whatever it is that they have in mind, whether it's with my work or with my family. And so I, I spent a little time thinking about how do I make time? Like right now, as I'm planning this summer and thinking, how the heck am I going to get this book proposal done with the different travel that we have to do and stuff with my own work, you know, because this is a side project. So this doesn't take, you know, part of my, my work hours. It's, it's separate from that. So, you know, as I'm going through and doing that, I thought I might share some of those ideas with you in case they're helpful to you inside of your own projects. So the first tip that I want to share is plan ahead And make a schedule. Now, this is something that comes more naturally to some than others, um, for sure. I know that me, I don't tend to be the kind of person that writes everything down. I just can't function like that. I don't have, you know, a planner with all these beautiful little every minute of my day planned out kind of thing. You might already be doing that, and that's great. But um, if you're looking to find more time in your day, I find that sort of pushing yourself in that direction is very helpful, like writing out, even I'll do this just on a day by day basis, even if I'm not trying to accomplish any one particular thing, but I just have a list of things that I want to get done in the day. Well, I'll write out a list of the things I want to get done, then write out on a separate piece of paper, the hours in the day, plug them in see how much time you need to allot to each and see if they all fit and see how you can possibly make it work. And if you can't, you know, decide which things are are you're going to prioritize for that day. So that's one thing, kind of write it down, plan ahead, make that schedule. And something that I discovered years ago was that if something is really important to me, I can make it fit in the schedule. I can do that. Sometimes we're our own worst enemies when it comes to our time management that we just keep thinking, oh, I don't have the time, I don't have the time. Because as I mentioned a few weeks ago in that podcast about goal setting, sometimes we're waiting for just this perfect amount of time to just fall into our laps where there's nothing else demanding our energy or attention, and that's never going to happen. Newsflash, not going to happen. You are not going to get this great three hours even, you know, it's just blank in your calendar all of a sudden that you can just focus on whatever you want. Uh, I find life doesn't work that way. So um, you've got to kind of make that happen. If you need those three hours to work on whatever it is that you've got, maybe you need those three hours a couple of times a week um, to work on what it is that you want to focus on, what you want to accomplish you can make it happen. You just need to prioritize it. So writing it out and seeing it all on paper sometimes is a very helpful way to say, oh, I can do this. And it kind of keeps you on track. If you have it on paper, if you have that schedule worked out for your day, then you'll be checking back in with it. Like, okay, it's now 3.30. I'm supposed to be done with this and moving on to that. It won't always go perfectly to your plan, but having the plan in the first place is huge. So, that's one way that I really recommend to kind of make more time in your day, find more time for things that really matter to you. Second one's kind of a no brainer. We hear this all the time, and yet we're reluctant to do it. Turn off the TV or turn off the Facebook or whatever it is. I really recommend noticing how you spend your time on any given day. Just you know, just making a mental note or even just write it down to really hold yourself accountable. Find out what is taking up your time. If you feel like you never have time for anything, you never have time for the things that matter to you, That's that's a problem. That's not okay. So spend some time thinking about it, noticing, spend a day writing down how you spend your time. Find out where you might be wasting time, where maybe somebody else could do something that you're doing. Um, or where you're just, you know, sitting there staring at a screen and not accomplishing anything, avoiding procrastinating a a lot of time. I realize when I do this, when I really kind of give myself a reality check, the amount of time and energy I devote to even just worrying about things, putting things off, procrastinating things, feeling the weight and the burden of things that I need to do when it would be so much more freeing and obviously so much more productive if I just did them instead of fretting about them or feeling like, oh, I don't have enough time. You know, even if you don't have enough time to start something, to to finish something, you can have enough time to start it. So I really recommend taking a look at where you might be wasting time in your day. And it may not be TV for you, it may not be social media, but we all have our things. And, you know, that said, there's nothing wrong with having downtime. And for sure, I think that should be part of what you're planning when you're figuring out a balance for your days. It should include time for downtime, whether you enjoy TV or social media or time with friends or whatever it is, but making sure that it's all in balance and that you're not engaging in those things at the expense of other things that really matter much more to you. Okay, um, the third tip that I have to offer for a way to be more productive with your time, make time for what really matters, is to set a timer for your work. Now, we all have these phones, and they have this great little feature, and I think it's one of the greatest apps on there is a timer. It really helps me kind of compartmentalize my work and my projects. Uh, Something about psychologically setting a timer and saying, I am going to work on uh, whatever it is, whatever task it is. For for me, sometimes I'll say, you know what, I'm going to try to clear my inbox, my email inbox. It's always overwhelming. And I love it when I can get to inbox zero, or at least as close as I reasonably can on any given day. So if I can do that, you know, great. So I'll set aside, rather than let it become a time suck for me, or, you know, a distraction for me, I'll set aside, okay, I'm going to spend 20 minutes, or 30 minutes, whatever it is, clearing Emails, answering emails, you know, archiving things, filing things, replying to things, whatever it is, you know, and if I find that if I set that timer for it, it feels less overwhelming because when it rings, I'm done doing that. So I feel like I can do this. It also keeps me on task during it because if I'm just saying, oh, I'm gonna just kind of clear out my, my inbox right now, I'm just gonna do emails right now, it's awfully easy to click away to something else. So oh, I'll just read this article, oh, I'll just check out this link on Twitter, whatever it is. And the next thing you know, you've just wasted a bunch of time. Um, so if I, if I know I set the timer and I've told myself I'm spending this time on this task, I am much more likely to remain devoted to that task. And then at the end of that 20 or 30 minutes, it feels great you felt like you accomplished something. So I really do recommend that if there's some bigger project that you're working on, like something along the lines of a book proposal or um, you know something that you're writing, something for your own work or something around the house, even like a project that you can break up into smaller tasks, saying to yourself, I'm going to spend this half hour on this is really very freeing in a way that you, you tell yourself, you know, you know, you're not going to finish the whole thing. And that's okay. But setting that timer I find is so helpful. It keeps you focused. And I really do recommend don't set it for 90 minutes, like, you need shorter times, like maximum 45 minutes. But for me, it's really 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes max that I'm going to say I'm going to be spending on any given thing. And I find it focuses me. And it's also very freeing, because you, you're, you're still accomplishing a lot inside of that time. And you're you're telling you're making that that progress, those small steps forward without having to complete the entire thing. Okay, so another way that I want to mention that I think is really helpful um, is to sacrifice your sleep. Ha, huh, this is terrible, but <laughs> it works for me. Um either getting up early or staying up late, whichever um one makes the most sense for what's going on in your life right now. This is a short-term solution to a temporary situation. Um, If you have a project that you really want to prioritize at any given time, I find, you know, I am not a morning person. I naturally will stay up late and work on things, um, but I do find it useful if I have a project that I'm working on that I will switch that up for a week, for two weeks, for three weeks, whatever it is, I I think I need to, you know, devote to getting a particular project done, whether it is around the house or with my work, that if I get up early, you know, even just an hour and a half earlier than I usually would. And those of you who get up at five in the morning do not get up an hour and a half earlier than that. This is for people who tend to get up a little bit later that they can afford that and spend that time working on that one particular project. What I find is really good about this is that if I say, well, for these next two weeks, I'm going to, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, get up you know, significantly earlier than I usually do, the good news is you don't have scheduled into your day regular demands for your time and attention um, during those hours because you're usually asleep, so like I said, this is a temporary situation to resolve um, You know, a project that you want to get done, that you want to prioritize over a set amount of time. This is something that can really work wonderfully. Um, maybe the staying up late one, if that's not something that comes easily to you, is a little bit harder, because I find that even if you're not a morning person, if you get yourself out of bed, you can get focused, and at least I can, even though I'm not naturally a get up early in the morning kind of person, you can focus your attention and you can be getting some solid work done what i find is good is that there's not other things like people aren't used to like my my people that i work with aren't used to you know getting emails from me during that hour. So I don't have to worry about answering emails during that time or um, you know, whatever it is, stuff in your household that you don't usually do laundry during that time, then you're not doing laundry. You are focused on this one particular task. So for a, a short term, it can make a lot of sense. I did this last summer um when I was working on the book that I just told you about that's coming out now. Um I I switched around my schedule for a few weeks I set up a pretty demanding schedule for putting out at least a chapter a week throughout the summer. Uh, I had to interview people for the book, and so I had to kind of schedule those outside of my regular work hours. And it was a little bit of a trick, but the getting up early thing really helped me. Also, removing myself from the house. There were times when I went and worked outside of the house really helped me to focus on getting that done because I would feel like, okay, okay here's my time, you know, clock is ticking time to time to get started on, um, you know, this particular part of the project and, and get this much accomplished. So I find that I personally can be much more productive if I do that. It's like finding time. Like I said, it's a temporary solution, because I don't recommend sacrificing the amount of sleep that you usually need on a regular ongoing basis. But um, it can work when you're trying to meet a deadline or get a particular project done over a short period of time. The final way I want to mention that you can make more time for the things that matter is to enlist help. Now, this is something we talked about um, a few weeks ago when we did the podcast on um, surviving busy days. Get the help that you need. And this can be true also for a special project. And I find that this works well too, also in the short term, um, if you feel like you're in crisis mode or if you feel like there is this thing that is really important to me i'm resenting the fact that i never have time for it i'm unhappy and i feel like this would be a good thing for me for my family for you know for my work whatever it is then it can really be worth paying somebody for getting that time, whether it's paying somebody for childcare, paying someone to clean your house, paying someone to do some other thing that you normally do, or um, paying for it by giving up some of your work hours that you normally would be paid for, whatever it is, making that compromise in the short term can really work. Um, It doesn't have to be over the long term. I do know some friends of mine who do this over the long term in that they swap childcare. care. So um, I think it's like for two hours a week or maybe it's three hours a week that one of them on one day will watch the, all the kids together for two or three hours in the afternoon and on another day of the week the other one does. And that frees up. And they use that time, whether it's for running errands by themselves, having a, a moment to go to Adoration Chapel or just maybe do something and not have your kids <laughs> getting in your way. But that can also be a way you, if you can't afford childcare, that you could swap childcare with a friend who also would like some time to devote to a project. So you can free yourself up that way. Also, an economical way that I've known people to get this kind of help is to get a mother's helper, which means not quite a babysitter, but an older girl, um, not necessarily babysitting age, but that could come and occupy your kids in your house if you're an at-home mom. Um, homeschooled families are great resource for this, um, this kind of thing. Finding a child who's maybe like 10, 11, 12, who maybe you wouldn't leave your kids with. Um, and you know, maybe you don't have to pay a full babysitter's rate too, but a little bit that they'd be happy to get. And they occupy your kids in your house while you're in your house that you have that kind of peace of mind, um, you know, that can really free you up to focus on particular projects. And what I find is helpful about the whole getting childcare thing is that it sets that time apart. It's almost like setting that timer um, on a little bit of a larger scale. Like you've done this, we've made this commitment, we've blocked this off. Now you're going to go paint the bathroom, you know, (laughs) whatever it is that you're putting off or that you're not finding the time to do. So um, that's the last way that I want to mention is enlisting that kind of help. So just to review, the ideas that I shared are to plan ahead, make a schedule, make a schedule, That way you're going to find more time in in your day. Um, Second thing is turn off the TV or whatever it is that's distracting you, whatever your time suck is, whatever is taking away from what you say your priorities are. Look at how you're actually spending your time. Uh, Set a timer for your work. Uh, Number four, either get up early or go to bed later. Find that time at the beginning or at the end of your day. And then finally, enlist the help that you need. Maybe you have some ideas that I didn't list here. Maybe you have a really creative idea for a way that you got a project done or a way that you're planning to get a project done this summer. I would love to hear about it. You can email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. You can go on the Voxer app. If you don't know what that is, check it out. You can go in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Click on the little tab that says Voxer, connect on Voxer, and it's a super easy um app that you can download onto your phone. And then it's like we're on walkie talkies together, you hold down the button and talk and I will get your voice message. So you can send me a voice message, letting me know what what are your projects this summer? What are those things that matter to you? Things that you say are a priority that you are not getting around to, that you're waiting for, you know, the sky to open and and God to speak to you and tell you now is the time to work on this. What are those things and what are you going to do about them this summer? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you and share it on a future podcast. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. This week, I had the chance to talk with Heather Renshaw. And if you don't know Heather, it's time you found out about Heather. She's real Catholic mom in her blogging and on social media. I'll have her all linked up in the show notes. But for now, enjoy our conversation. She's just a wonderful person to listen to. Hey, everyone. I am happy to be welcoming a special guest to the show today, Heather Renshaw is here with us on Girlfriends. Heather is wife to David and mama to five amazing souls, ages 13 and under, and she's an on-fire revert to the Catholic faith. She's a writer. You might find her stuff at Real Catholic Mom, All Things Girl, Truth for Teens, Blessed Is She, The Catholic Conspiracy, CatholicMom.com, and more. She's also a podcast producer and co-host with The Visitation Project. She's a speaker and event organizer with Catholic Women Rejoice, Called to Love, and various retreats. Also, this is the part I can relate to. Heather's a nap craver, iced coffee drinker, and laundry avoider. Heather's deepest desire is that all may experience the healing power of divine mercy, so they can rejoice and be free in Christ. I'm so glad you're here with us, Heather. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Danielle. It's fun to be with you. Yeah, and I love how you end your bio. That's is that all you want? Yeah,
1: only. Only. Let's. You know, world peace was taken by someone else. So just.
2: The next best thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Now you're you're way out on the west coast. I I know because um I that's where I met you. Right. That that's where we first crossed paths. Was a couple of years ago at Catholic Women Rejoice.
1: Yes, you have been here, and you brought your awesome shoes when you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: those those are always part of the package, you know, oh, yeah, no, they were awesome.
1: It was so nice to have you for our conference, and I know that it was during the time I think Chicago had a big fire, and there was some um hiccups with transportation, but we got you here,
0: yeah, that's part of it, you know it's always part of it. <laughs> But I loved going out there and it had been years since I'd even been on the West Coast. So that was a ton of fun and got a special place in my heart for you people out there because of my awesome time that I had spending time there with you and Teresa Tamio and other awesome people. So thanks for welcoming me.
1: Well, we'll have to welcome you again another time. Absolutely. So be a stranger.
0: <laughs> I know, for sure, for sure. Anyway, but you're doing great things with Catholic Women Rejoice and also with the Visitation Project. Um, I really I love what you guys are producing there. And then your own blog with Real Catholic Mom. Um, we're going to put that link in the show notes. so People can check out everything that you're into, which is a lot.
1: Yeah, it's kind of exhausting. I know you understand because you've got a lot of hats that you wear, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we need to learn how to say no.
0: (laughs) Yes, sometimes that's a very important word. And we did a podcast all about it here on Girlfriends. Yeah, how to say no. Yes, we all need that.
1: Yeah, my latest um, column that I wrote for our Archdiocesan newspaper was about the power of no. So it seems Mm -hmm. like it's
0: in the air. It's a theme. It's a healthy theme, I think. Yes. It is very
1: healthy to say no. It's not a dirty word. (laughs) That's
0: right. That's right. Well, listen, let's dive right into the questions here that I ask everybody who comes on the Girlfriends podcast. Heather, can you tell me about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement in your work or in your personal life?
1: Oh gosh, that's such a great question. Um, so I guess the very first time was I, I moved away from home and, um, I'd been living with my parents after I'd, um, stopped college. I just was kind of forging my own way. And, uh, I was in this very small boutique recruiting, recruiting firm and very, very demanding 60 hour work weeks, lots of stress. I wasn't married at the time, didn't have any kids, but it was still stressful. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: I just remember feeling so defeated, like, why am I doing this? I'm not making a lot of money. This is just so much work. But I knew that I knew that I knew that, I didn't want to move back home, Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, paving my own way, and um, so there was this one lady who was actually a relative of the owner, and she said, you know, this work just isn't for everyone, (laughs) so, you know, not everybody here makes it. And I remember going home and crying, just feeling really picked on and bullied. But then I just turned it around and I was like, you know what? I'm going to show that lady and, um, you know, I'm not going to let her get me down. and I'm not going to let her force me to quit because I had seen a lot of turnover even in my short short time there. Mm -hmm. And so um, I guess that moment of triumph that I felt was – that I ended up being the longest non-family member that lasted at that company, um, wow. and I <laughs> maybe I should have left. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, no, I'm too stubborn. <laughs> yeah, I was really stubborn, but I really learned so much. And I really feel like my my steps back to the faith happened in that environment. So mm-hmm. clearly God wanted me to be there. But that right. that kind of felt like a triumph to me, not letting somebody get me down.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. And especially at such a young age, at such a vulnerable point in your life, other people might have just packed it up and gone home to mom and dad.
1: Yeah, I was like, I don't know. My mom and dad were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Time to stay away, little bird, fly from the nest, fly, fly.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I love that. And I love that you faced that challenge in that confident way. And I think that, you know, God works that way in our lives, that he gives us those experiences sometimes early on, that if you if you rise up to that challenge, you just gain that much more confidence. And, uh, you know, I just look at where you are today, Heather, and your reversion to your faith and all the beautiful fruit that's come from that. And I really think that that sense of confidence that God was building in you back then has really, really been a part of that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And and glory to Him. I think a lot of it is just that stubbornness, though. You know, God was kind of... (laughs) Turning my stubbornness, maybe sanctifying it a little bit, right? And making it a little bit more um, for His greater glory. So, well, I I think that was definitely a turning point where I thought, you know, if I can do this, I can do everything right. or anything, you know, whatever God is calling me to do. So. Right.
0: That's great. I love it. Okay. Well, moving on from the triumph to a mistake, can you share Heather with us some mistake that you once made in work or personal life, and what did you learn from that mistake?
1: Oh gosh. So we mean like within the last 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about a juicy one in the last 10 minutes.
1: (laughs) Oh man. I make, I make mistakes all the time. Um, I think, and this has kind of been on my heart. We kind of touched on it at the top, but the saying, no, Mm -hmm. I think a mistake that I have made, and it's not a specific mistake that I can pinpoint, but it's just kind of a pattern of behavior where I think there's something that I should do, or I feel like somebody has an expectation of me. And so I say yes, when what i really should be doing is saying no mm-hmm. and i think that that the mistake is tied to not that god can't work with that yes and not that he he won't bless it but it might not be in his perfect will and mm-hmm. and also it can come at the expense of time nurturing my family life nurturing my marriage and the relationship i have with my five children mm-hmm. so i think that probably the biggest mistake that i've made um as a stubborn um focused achievement oriented person mm-hmm is that sometimes I don't slow down long enough to say, God, is this what you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And um, I recently had a big birthday. Um, I turned 40 and I decided, you know what, I'm going to stop caring so much about what other people think. And I'm going to really slow down and discern and ask God what he thinks. Mm -hmm. Because you know, even though I wouldn't call some of the ministerial things that I do a mistake, I would say that maybe those were not the most important things that I should have been focusing on. You know right. I've got a I've got a thirteen year old now. She's only got five more years until she goes off to college. Five years flies by right. so quickly and I can't get that time back. So um you know, if if a mistake could be that you're you're too you're too short sighted to see what God has in mind for you, then then mm-hmm. definitely you know you should take more time to slow down. And I know that that's something that I'm really working on. Just slow down, mm-hmm. be still, and listen for His calling.
0: Right. I mean, I think that's a great, great lesson for all of us. And I think we all do struggle with that, which is why I did take up that topic on a previous podcast, because I hear from women struggling with that all the time that they're trying to balance. Then there's so many good things out there like of course you want to say yes to all of it and 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 then but there's that temptation to you know find your your self-worth there find you know your validation there it's very tempting because the outside world you know claps for you and stuff that's really nice sometimes yeah
1: my my littlest guy he's not giving me a standing ovation what is up with that
0: right (laughs) <laughs> right. I so it's sometimes less personally satisfying. So the temptation is to look for that kind of validation outside of your home and your marriage. And of course, yeah. to some extent, that can be very appropriate to be engaged in those things. But where I felt like, you know, as you were describing, you know, going too far in the other direction, where I felt that I've done that, it's been when I kind of take my home life for granted. I take my family Mm -hmm. for granted. I take my marriage for granted and make those decisions like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, it's just a sacrifice for me, not recognizing it's a sacrifice for everybody. I'm saying yes for everybody under my roof and everybody's going to feel it. And maybe that's not always fair.
1: Right. And there's, there is that ripple effect, definitely, for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so important for us. I, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that that's a very common struggle that women have and something that it's important to keep on talking about, keep reminding each other of the importance of that kind of balance.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that last podcast that
0: you did. (laughs) I'll I'll put the link in the show notes so everybody can check it out if they missed it. So
2: yeah, great.
0: All right. So moving on, Heather, can you tell us, share with us, what's the best advice you ever received? Who gave it to you? And how do you try to implement it in your life?
1: Oh, man. Um, Well, The funny thing is, is that when I say some of these things back to my mom, so the person who gave me the best advice was my mom. And she still, I think, is a little bit incredulous. And she's like, what? Wait, you were listening?
0: (laughs) Don't you relate to that as a mom, though? Do you think yes. they're listening? Yes. And so it reminds
1: me, I need to say these things over and over and over and over because I remember my mom saying some of these things over and over. But she uh-huh. really gave me two really good pieces of advice, and one of them was, marry a Catholic man. Uh-huh. And um, the reason that she said that, I really didn't understand back when she was first telling me as an adolescent. Um But sharing my faith, the Catholic faith, with my husband has really been the thing, the one thing, that grace that has sustained us and carried us through some of the most darkest times in our adult lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that without that grace of the sacrament and our shared faith in God that uh we we likely wouldn't even be married and it's hard to say that but just it's a recognition of the power of the sacrament of mm-hmm. matrimony um i also learned though you know in that whole marry a catholic man it doesn't mean just marry any catholic man because right. i did i did try to date other catholic men and you know maybe chemistry wasn't there we didn't really we weren't really attracted to each other in that way or we um one of the guys that i dated actually is now a priest which is awesome you know yeah. obviously he wasn't called to be a married man um, Right, Um, But that was really, really good advice, um, and Mm -hmm. it has really helped to sustain sustain our marriage, um, is our Catholic faith. But the other one that my mom said, and this is, again, I guess kind of goes to that stubbornness and fortitude, is uh, she would say that saints keep trying and sinners give up. Mm -hmm. And I know that we are all sinners, but we are also all called to sainthood. And so I kind of feel like if I can just— make it past this challenge in this moment, if I can just make it past this challenge in this day or this week or this year, if I can just keep trying like a saint, I'll just keep going, asking for the graces to continue on, then maybe someday I will be able to attain heaven. And it's when I give up, when I despair, when I become despondent that that I'm really kind of, um, I guess, spiraling downward into mm-hmm. a place, you know, outside of God's holy will for my life. So um that's really stuck with me too. And like I said, she's still kind of surprised that I remember those things,
0: but I do. <laughs> I do. We're listening, Mom. We're listening. <laughs> yeah. I love both of those. You know, first of all, the the marrying within your faith, it, it can be so challenging in today's world. And I know sometimes um with the young people in my life I give them that same advice because I've seen it with people that I know and love. They have, you know... Great people sometimes that they've married, but there's a real sense of loneliness and yeah. separation when they don't share their faith. If, you know, if your Catholic faith is important to you and it's an important part of how you're, you're going about your day to day in your life, just not being able to share that with the person you're married to, I think is a deep loss. And that's not to say that, you know, mixed religion marriages can't work and they can't Absolutely. be holy and beautiful and right. accomplish great things in this world, but I think you're signing yourself up for a trial a challenge right. something that is going to be more difficult for you and so that's the way that i i phrase it to my kids cuz you know sometimes they roll their eyes like you know i can mm-hmm. i can find a great guy anywhere you know but and of course to some sense you know in some sense that's true you can meet a virtuous man of any faith but not being able to share that religion, I think young people perhaps when they're when they're dating don't think all the way through, and oh, you know no, definitely not. They they're haven't not. they haven't had the life experience <laughs> to know, know what they're going to want when you know when you've got four kids under the age of six and you know employment issues or whatever's going on in your life that um, you know you're you're going to want that shared rock of faith. And um, I love that you shared how how important it's been in your marriage and gotten you through those tough times
1: yeah absolutely. And you're you know, you mentioned employment with kids under the age of six. That's so funny. It's like, are you reading my mind? <laughs> we, had, we had such a challenge in our marriage. We've actually faced unemployment several times, and mm-hmm. it's a very heavy cross. And I remember one specifically very difficult circumstance where i just said okay we know this particular priest we both trust and love him and we know that he will support us and he will support our marriage and provide us with good holy counsel mm-hmm. and so my husband called him and set up an appointment yep. you know and and it's not to say that if he were another denomination or if he wasn't ca- catholic or christian that he wouldn't have done that as well, but it just makes it, like you said, it's it's possibly yet another burden or another trial that you're hoisting upon yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. And I think it's important that we repeat those messages to the young people in our lives, whether you're a parent of young people or just, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of telling people, whatever young people are in your life, you are in their life for a reason. And, Men. you know, God wants you to be giving them these messages like you know I I think it's so true that whatever age you are stage of life and maybe even if you've never had kids I I there are some people in my kids lives who've never been married and I just really value and appreciate their input in my kids lives so just don't ever devalue what your own input can be with young people for sure
1: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Because we all know that sometimes when you listen to your parent, well, your parents say things and it's like Charlie Brown, right? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else like a parent, you know, another parent or a teacher or a youth group leader or just somebody in the pews at mass will say something and it just for whatever reason strikes a chord with that child. So, yes, please keep saying things, people.
0: That's right. That's right. Reach out. You're valuable. We need you thank Same you end. it takes a village <laughs> absolutely. I'm always like I don't know if it takes a village but it takes more than just me I know that oh, much <laughs> yeah no absolutely so true all right well let's fit in one more question before we get to your lightning round here Heather um let's see what is one thing that uh, some people might be surprised to find out about you you're a pretty open book online and otherwise <laughs> so I'm curious to know what what are you holding back
1: what am I holding back oh, Oh my goodness. Not a whole lot. (laughs) Well, I think, okay, so not to go all Debbie Downer, but I think really there are times when I don't share a lot of what's going on in my heart because I don't know if I would like somebody in my parish to come tap me on the shoulder and ask me about it. Right. So I really like to be an open book, but at the same time, I am constantly reminding myself that there are some things that are happening just within myself um, maybe in my marriage or with my children that don't necessarily need to be for public consumption. So mm-hmm. it's trying to find that balance between being authentic about what I'm experiencing as a fallen, wounded, striving Christian woman, mm-hmm. and um, also the protection of of my family. So um, I do try to be very authentic and very honest and very transparent. But um, you know, lately I've been having some health challenges, and I haven't been really specific about those online. Um, and it's really because um, I don't think that we're at the redeemed part of this problem yet. Right. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like we're we're still kind of struggling. So um, while I would love to be able to share and get whatever support I might receive, as well as you know, there's always going to be some critics, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I feel like I need to be careful of what I say just to protect um, my mental health, but also my family. Because you, like you said, what we say has ripple. It has those mm-hmm. those effects on other people than just ourselves.
0: Right. No, that's yep. very wise. And I think it's something that, you know, in this world of oversharing, perhaps yeah. perhaps that's a good word of advice to kind of hold back sometimes. And I know I have done that. Um, it can feel like people know all about you if they read your blog or read a book or read your right call them somewhere or whatever but they they you know there's more to it than that and that's something that I found evolving as a blogger you know way back in the blogging heyday it was like put it all out there why wouldn't you you know and then as my kids got older I thought wow all of a sudden these aren't my stories to tell anymore they're okay. theirs to choose to share or not share and you become very aware of that as a mom I think.
1: Yeah, and I'm just on the cusp of that. My daughter just turned 13, and I'm I'm definitely feeling that pretty acutely. But mm-hmm. so I guess that what people might be surprised to find out about me is that I do not share everything about myself or my family online. <laughs>
0: there you go. There's more to the story. There's more. There's always more. Heather Runshaw, woman of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a cape. Oh wait, I wasn't supposed to say that? No. Now we know about the cape, Heather. No. <laughs> all right well we're gonna find out about more than just the cape because we're gonna do your lightning round if you are ready i don't want you to be nervous but no i do want you to be nervous no
2: okay be Be very afraid be very
0: afraid no this is just fun 60 seconds of some fun fast questions so we can learn a little bit more about you if you're good to go all right i'm ready i'm ready all right heather is ready so here is heather renshaw's lightning round on the girlfriends podcast here we go what is your favorite way to hang out and connect with friends and family
1: Oh, I love to hang out in coffee shops and just
0: chat. Nice. Okay. What surprising song might we find in your iTunes account?
1: Oh, lately, I really like the song Crazy by Gnarls Barkley.
0: Oh, I don't know if I'm familiar with it. Okay. We're going to yeah. look it up. We'll Look it up. We'll hook it up in the show notes. Okay. On a day off, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in?
1: Oh, I like hanging out on the couch with my little people and watching whatever really random thing that they want to watch.
0: I like it. That's fun. All right. What was the last book you read? Was it Thumbs Up or Thumbs Down?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, last book I read was the 30-whatever-days to Merciful Love and Thumbs Up.
0: Nice. Yeah, I read that, too. Me, too. Two yeah. Thumbs Up. All right. What surprised you most about becoming a mom?
1: How hard it is. <laughs>
0: the lack of sleep right okay one last quick one what was your favorite class that you took in high school
1: Sociology, hands down.
0: Nice. That's what my degree is in. Me too. Hey. Yes. Well, all right. First of all, let's clap for you. All right. Yay. You finished your lightning round. And then let's move on to the sociology. Why do I have a degree in sociology? No idea. But I loved it. And I love that you love it too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just the study of human people, you know, just go and figure out why people do stuff. That's right. I know.
0: I know. And, you know, a couple of years ago, all over Facebook, it was all about like making fun of like, because it was those, those those people, like the 99% people or whatever that were protesting and like everyone was like joking about how they're a bunch of sociology majors and I kept saying like, hey (laughs) we're not all good for nothing hippies protesting in the park (laughs) Right,
1: I resemble that
0: comment (laughs) Very offensive (laughs) Respect the sociology degree (laughs) That's
1: an underwater basket weaving major I resent that (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh, what fun. What a great time I've had talking with you, Heather. I'm glad you've come on today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. And God bless you and all of the many things that you're doing to build up the kingdom of God, Danielle.
0: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And you keep on keeping on. Well, wait, real quick. Can you just tell us real quick where people can check out? you know if they want to know the latest things that you're doing is it is your blog the best spot Yeah,
1: absolutely the blog would probably be the best real catholic com.
0: love it everybody head over there find out what heather's up to thanks for making the time heather it's been a joy
1: thank you so much to you too
0: So loving the Heather Renshaw, you can check out her podcast. It's called The Visitation Project. You can find it on iTunes and find out all about her at realcatholicmom.com. I'll have all of those things in the show notes, including the song Crazy that she mentioned, which I realized after our conversation, of course I know that song. And it's awesome. So yeah, you can enjoy that this summer along with Heather and me. And now I want to share a little bit of feedback. I heard from Sarah Reinhardt recently. I love hearing from Sarah. She's a big supporter of the show and she has a book recommendation for us this week. Let's take a listen.
3: Hey, Danielle. This is Sarah Reinhard, and I am talking on Voxer. I'm so proud of myself for downloading Voxer, and you didn't get any voice feedback this week, so I thought I'd call because I always have something to say. So here's my little recommendation for your listeners, which you didn't ask for, but I'm going to share anyway. I just finished this novel called Dying for Revenge. It's The Lady Doc Murders, book number one. I have all but written the author and demanded book two immediately. I think her name is Dr. Barbara Golder. It is one of the most entertaining books. And here's the thing, get this. It's from a Catholic viewpoint. And I say that hesitatingly because I've seen lots of Catholic fiction that makes me kind of roll my eyes a little bit. And this isn't that. It's it's all the things that are good and great about fiction. And it's a, oh, I fell asleep reading it more than once and may or may not have ignored lots of housework in order to keep on reading. So that's my uh, little book recommendation. It'd be great to read on the beach or this summer. It, it strikes me as a great summer read. Um, I would read it any time, really. But I thought I'd call in and share that since you were desperate for feedback. So if you're not desperate for feedback anymore, go ahead and you know delete this and roll your eyes at me. And I will talk to you later. Thanks for all you do, Danielle. God bless.
0: Thank you so much for that, Sarah. I really appreciate the book recommendation. We're all looking for things to read on the beach or in the hammock this summer. And that one sounds like a great read, Dying for Revenge. I'll have it linked in the show notes for people who want to check it out. Sarah, for those of you who don't know, uh, she blogs at snoringscholar.com and a bunch of other places, including Catholic Mom. But she's really well known for her book reviews. She's a such a reader and she goes through so many books so if she recommends a book you know it's good and if she has that little hesitation about the catholic perspective but this this one's done well love it you know christian perspective that um, isn't too heavy-handed inside of the book uh, you can trust sarah's recommendation there so check that out And I'm so proud of you, Sarah, for figuring out Voxer, downloading it and using it, because I think it's a really awesome way to connect. I think it's great. I use that um, leave voice feedback tab on daniellebean.com that will take you to SpeakPipe. But that has a 90 second limit. Voxer, I don't know what the limit is, but it's bigger than that because I've gotten longer messages than that. And it's just super convenient. It's a super handy way that you can leave a voice message and you can be included on an upcoming podcast. So if Sarah can download the app, so can you get out there and download that Voxer app and you give me a book recommendation or some voice feedback for a future episode of Girlfriends. Someone else who did exactly that using Voxer is my friend Marie Mansour, who we share a birthday. Yay. Happy birthday, Marie, this month. Um, I know her from way back. We met at a women's conference many, many years ago. But uh, Marie and I bonded, and I got to know her sister, too. And she's from a great family. She lives in Ohio. She was heavily involved in uh, the recent women's retreat that took there. Um, I believe it was called Arise. And so Marie's just an all-around great mom. And I'm really thrilled that she also figured out Boxer, got it on her phone, and sent me this feedback. Take a listen.
2: Hi, Danielle. This is Marie Mansour. I just wanted to um, tell you how much I'm appreciating and enjoying the Monipotent study. We um, have had a couple of weeks now of of this study at our um, parish group, and I can't believe I've never read it till now, And but I'm really just really enjoying it and, of course, enjoying the company of some ladies. Um, but I had to just tell you my son saw... My, this is my 12 almost 13 year old son. Saw the book on my desk and he said, Mom, you're not momnipotent, you're momniscient. <laughs> I just thought that was that was just perfect, and I had to share that with you because, um, you know, it's the kind of thing where moms know everything, they know where everything is, nothing is ever lost until mom can't find it, um, all those kind of things. So I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> I thought you would. Uh, Enjoy that and brighten your day. So thanks so much for all you do. I love your podcast. I love the books and everything else. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much, Marie, for sharing that. I love that your son said that. And I think all our kids need to know we're momnipotent, we're momniscient, we're momnipresent, right? They need to know these things about us. You know, funny thing. I'm glad you're enjoying that um, book and that you're enjoying the study with your... Did you all just hear my rooster? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) we're trying a new thing where we have chickens in the yard. We let them just kind of uh, free range. And I think that rooster is going to come inside one of these days. He crows really loud just right outside my window. Anyway, back to Momnipotent. Um, that book and that study are really dear to my heart because they bring women together. And that was really one of the goals of me putting together that project and working with Ascension Press, doing the DVD study. There's an eight-week study that's really just designed for parishes to bring this into their parishes. And it's got um, you know a DVD section. It's got a workbook. And um, the book is a separate product from all of that. So if you're not familiar with Momnipotent, and maybe some of you aren't, that's my most recent project before this book that's coming out now. And something I'm really proud of, something that I think can bear a lot of good fruit in that it brings women together to talk about what our natural feminine gifts are, to affirm one another in the gifts of our motherhood, however that has played out in your life. Whatever kind of motherhood you've been called to in your life, it looks different for all of us, but there are things that we all have in common, gifts that we share in common as women, and that God means for us to use as strengths inside of our world, inside of our families, inside of our communities and our parishes that we're meant to bless the world with these gifts. And sometimes we don't. We turn these strengths and these gifts on their head and we turn them into weaknesses. We misuse them. We lose sight of what our goals are meant to be, what our gifts are. So getting together and just really affirming and encouraging one another inside of our authentic femininity is, I think is so important. So that's really a goal of that study. So if you're not familiar with it, you can check it out. I'll put some links in the show notes this week um, on daniellebean.com. And finally, in feedback, I heard from Dina this week, who was um, sharing about an upcoming project she has and a way that one of our podcasts kind of coincided in a helpful way for her.
2: Hi, Danielle. This is Dina again. I just had to call and thank you for your timely episode on decluttering your life. Uh, Scott and I did something that some people might think is a little crazy, a house, Um two doors down from his parents we just put an offer on because it's next to his parents and the yard is really big for the boys to play in but the square footage is three quarters of our current house so decluttering is going to be ruling my life for the next couple of months and you had some great advice as I try to fit six of us into a much smaller house anyway i wanted to thank you for the topic and for all your shows that have always been great to listen to i hope you have a great day god bless
0: thank you for that dina and god bless you in that new project you have of downsizing just a little bit but moving closer to your mother-in-law i don't think it's crazy i think that's really very smart especially people who are raising young children that's how people used to do it. They used to have multiple generations that would help and support the younger ones. We didn't used to have to do this all by ourselves and no mom is an island. So I think it's great. And I, I hope you're going to um, have a smooth move. I hope that you've done some of that decluttering, that throwing away, giving away, getting it out of your house without feeling any guilt. I hope that that podcast did encourage you a little bit that way. So give us an update, let us know how you're doing. Um, and for those who don't know, Dina is one of the supporters of the Girlfriends Podcast on Patreon.com. So I just want to give a shout out for Patreon. I don't have any new supporters to give a thank you to this week. So I'm going to thank you, Dina, for your support on Patreon.com. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, Patreon is a website that enables you to support things like your favorite podcasts. And it's really very easy to do. You set up an account. Um, you could go to Patreon.com and do that. Then go to Patreon.com forward slash girlfriends to find out how you can support future episodes of this show. Really, you can pledge as little as a dollar per episode and that really makes a difference. It really adds up both financially in terms of just meeting the bills, the cost that it it takes to put out this podcast each week, but even more important than that, it's so encouraging for me to hear from people, for people to be supportive in that way that tells me people value what I'm doing here. They want to encourage me to continue doing it. You appreciate what I'm putting out. That, That kind of feedback is so important and you can do it in a unique way at Patreon dot com forward slash girlfriends thank you dina and to all the supporters there And I want to thank every one of you for just being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing, for your reviews on iTunes, for your feedback. I begged for feedback last time and I got it. Got plenty of feedback this time. So I really appreciate that. So keep it coming. Give it to me on Voxer. Send me an email at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media because really you're the reason I'm doing this. I'm putting this out for you to meet your needs. And so the best way I can do that is to know what your needs are, know what you're connecting with, what's really resonating with you, what kinds of content you'd like to see in future episodes, what kinds of questions you have, the things that you need support and encouragement with. I want to know about those things so that I can help you with them. So thank you for being here. I'm so glad you've spent another almost hour with me this week, and I look forward to spending another one with you next week. So until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week.
1: Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.